Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas, with another uh, Tuesday night Bible study. And I almost forgot what day it was. <laughs> uh, it is good to be here this evening. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be getting into Matthew chapter 5, praise the Lord. And uh, we're not going to be actually doing all of 5. We're only going to do verses 1 through 24. Uh, and then we'll finish, hopefully, Lord willing, we will finish up um, the study next week, Lord willing. And again, it is great to be here this evening with you. And um, so, yeah, so anyways, um, just want to apologize. I haven't been able, I, I just wasn't uh, doing um, a few, I haven't been doing videos for a little bit. I just... I've had a lot of stress going on and there's still some stress going on and stuff like that. So y'all pray for me. Um, I am having a little bit better, a little bit of a better week this week, but y'all pray for me and uh, just pray for God's will. Um, I'm not doing very well. I've just been struggling with a lot of things and so it's just, it just seems like it's just one thing after another. Amen. So, y'all pray for me. Pray for my videos. Pray for the teaching and preaching. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. So, y'all pray for me on that. Um, please do pray for uh, Brother Joey. Um, and uh, pray, you know, pray for him. And pray that, um, you know... Pray for comfort for him. You know, he's got pain, so pray for him. Um, let's pray for our brothers and sisters. We need to pray for our country, our nation. <clears throat> and uh, we need to just pray for each other, amen? And uh, so y'all pray for me and and uh, pray for one another. And uh, yeah, so that's about all we're got probably about it for uh, prayer requests um, announcements so um, last Sunday was Mother's Day so happy Mother's Day happy belated Mother's Day to all the the mothers um, that are out there watching this hope you had a great Mother's Day and uh, hope you have a good week this week um, I don't think there really is anything coming up just uh, um yeah, so, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? No, I don't think that, I think that's going to be about it, but, um, I think with that said, we're, I guess we'll just go ahead and dive into our study for tonight, and if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we'll be starting here in verse 1, we'll be reading... A good chunk of verses and getting into other scriptures. Um, so we are picking up with the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes are Beatitudes because they're beautiful attitudes. But a that was a joke. You know, a joke is when someone says a statement and there's usually a noise that follows after that statement. You know. No, okay, I'm being really weird tonight, so just you know, please forgive me. I'm just a little, I'm just being a little weird. Um, 
but we're going to be getting to the Beatitudes. So I guess we'll go ahead and get started here. Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles with you, Matthew chapter 5, we'll start in verse 1. <clears throat> it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, we see here that Jesus is teaching his disciples. And the first thing he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, think about this. Okay, when, when you were lost in... When you were lost... And your sins, when you were dead in your sins and your trespasses. Sorry, guys. <laughs> when, when you guys were lost and you were dead in your trespasses and your sins. Okay. When you came to the Lord, you know that you were bankrupt spiritually. Amen. You were bankrupt and you needed a savior. You needed a savior. And that's true of all, you know, for anybody. When you're lost, you are bankrupt spiritually. You're poor. Okay? You may think you're rich, but you're poor. And so when you come to Christ, you come you come as one that is poor, not rich. And so when you get saved, when you get saved, then you become an heir of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Now, <clears throat> Jesus said that without me, you can do nothing. And as believers, we can do nothing on our own accord. We just can't. So it's only by Christ that we can do anything at all. Amen. We are not rich and not meant to be rich. 
regardless of what preachers may tell you. Now, um, here in verse 1, here, we see here in Mark chapter 3, verse 13, And he goeth up into a mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, And it came to pass in those days that he went up into a mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. In Luke chapter 6, verse 17, is that he came down with them and stood in a plain, and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And Luke 9, 28 it says, And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James, and he went up into a mountain to pray. Now we know that that is not, that's a separate context to what we just read, okay? Because that one is one, that context in 928 is actually when Jesus is transfigured. But here we're, we're talking about how Christ had taught his disciples after he called them. So two different instances, okay? But in, in, in John chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Then Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. So all these examples are times of when Jesus went up onto a mountain, either to pray or take his disciples or whatever it might be, okay? So those are not just pertaining to this, but it could be in other instances as where he went up onto a mountain. <clears throat> and uh, verse 2 is he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Okay, so in Matthew 13 35, it says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables and will utter things which have not, which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So again, we see another instances of when Jesus taught his disciples and the people and it that in that context we see that it was a prophecy that which was fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet that he would that christ would open his mouth in parables okay and acts chapter 8 verse 35 it says then philip opened his mouth and began at the same time or at the same scripture and preached unto him jesus in Acts 10.34 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive, that God is no respect of persons. In Acts 18.14 it says, And when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Gallio said unto the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O ye Jews, reason would, I, would that I should bear with you. Now here we see there are many other contexts of different things from Jesus to his apostles. So this is, this is other instances that would correlate to this, per, this particular verse in verse 2. Okay, now in verse 3, it says here, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. 
Okay, so Isaiah, so Isaiah uh, 66, verse 2, it says, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, But Jesus said, Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 25, verse 34, it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And Mark chapter 10, verse 14, But when Jesus saw, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come on, come to me, come unto me, and forbid, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 6, verse 20, it says, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. You see, as Christians, we are not to live the rich life. Despite what all these preachers would say. These preachers would say, well, God wants you to be rich, and he wants you to do this and that. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus said, he said, the fo he said foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. Jesus was poor. Okay? He wasn't rich. He was poor. So any preacher that tells you that Christians ought to be rich, they're lying through their teeth. We may be poor physically, but spiritually we have, we have greater riches in the kingdom of heaven as born-again believers. All right? So don't let all these preachers con you into thinking, well, you need to be rich, and you need to give me this, and God will provide you with... That's a bunch of nonsense. Sure, God will honor when you tithe, but you tithe because you want to, not because you expect a blessing from God. It doesn't work that way. So we have to be careful when when we we need we have to you know people need to be careful what they teach as per tithing and giving and all that stuff because people can give for the wrong reasons. People give to people can give to preachers because you know they expect God to do something in return. You know that's kind of like a selfish attitude for someone to have, especially when it comes to giving to God. Or giving back to God, I should say. Because you got to remember, everything that we have is not ours. It's God's. But He gives us this stuff to steward over. We're all called to be stewards. And we ought to be wise with the stuff that we have and not foolish. <clears throat> now, in Luke chapter 22, verse 29, it says, And I point unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me. Now, in verse 4 through 5, it says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. In John chapter 16, verse 20, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. You know, that comes to show you that the world is against God. And they're not just against God, but they are against God's people. And they are against God's people because they're against God. Jesus said that if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. Amen. Um, Revelation chapter 7 verse 17 For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them And shall lead them unto living fountains of waters And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes And Psalm twenty-five thirteen, His soul shall dwell at ease And his seed shall inherit the earth And Psalm chapter 37 verses 9 through 11 For evildoers shall be cut off but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall, be, it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And uh, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 19, it says, The meek also shall increase their joy. In the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Now, in verse 6, we see, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In Psalm 63, 1, it says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. In Psalm 107, verse 9, For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 24, it says, The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted. In Proverbs 21, 21, He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness and honor. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 through 2, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come yet to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. And finally, in Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-five, it says, For I have satisfied the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. Amen. 
Now, let's continue on here in verse 7. And verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In 2 Samuel 17, verse 28, it says, Brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched, parched pulse. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 26, With the merciful thou wilt shew thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou wilt shew thyself upright. In Psalm 18, 25, With the merciful thou wilt shew thyself merciful, and with an upright man thou wilt shew thyself upright. So we see that Psalm is... Psalms 18.25 is basically the same as 2 Samuel 22, verse 26. They're the same verse. And that's because that the, the verse in 2 Samuel 22.26 is really a showing of one of Dave, David, uh, King David's Psalms. Amen. We, and we, again, see that in the book of Psalms. That's why King, you know, King David is known as the sweet psalmist. I mean, he... David was, I mean, he was, I mean, he may have had some, he may have done some pretty stupid stuff, but he was a man after God's own heart. He was. Um, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17 through 18. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work. But to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 25 to 26. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. And the last verse before we move on to verse 8. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your, your Father forgive your trespasses. Amen. You know, forgiveness is a big thing with God. It is. You know, Christ... You know, it was it was God for Christ's sake. He forgave us of our sins. How much more should we forgive others for what they've done against us when we know that Christ has forgiven us of so much? Because I'm going to tell you something. If we, if Christ has forgiven us of so much and yet we refuse to forgive others for what they've done unto us, we're being a hypocrite. And we're being selfish. We ought to forgive others for what they've done unto us. And that is much easier said than done. But it's only by the strength of Christ that we can that we're able to forgive others for what they've done to us. Amen. Because remember, without Christ, we can do nothing. <clears throat> verse 8 Blessed are the pure in heart 
for they shall see God. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 27, it says, With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself unsavory. In Job 19, verse 26, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. In Psalm 24, 4, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. In Psalm 51, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. In Psalm 73, verse 1, Truly God... Is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. He that loveth, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 11, He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. And Hebrews 12, 14, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see, the Lord. Amen. Now let's go to verse 9. <clears throat> verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it says, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on and on the unjust. In Luke chapter 6, verse 35, But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. You know, when we do things for others, we ought to be careful how we... How we how and what we do for others and our motivation. As Christians, we are not to have that motivation of doing something for others just so we can expect something back. We, you know, when we do, when we have that motivation of expecting something in return, um, we're just being selfish. And it not, and it's not, to be that way. We're not to expect anything back. We should be able to do things for others. But most importantly we need to do things for God. Because we want to do those things. Because we love him. Because we're, we are born again. Because we want to do those things with nothing in return. But if we expect something in return, all we're doing is putting our attention back on ourselves. And this life is not about us. It's about Christ. And it's about serving others. You know, I once heard it. I once heard uh, this acronym, JOY. It's uh, Jesus, others, and yourself. Now think about that. Jesus, yourself, 
or Jesus, others, and yourself. Right. Shouldn't that really be the order in which we do things? We ought to focus first on Christ. Because he's the king of all. But then we should also be focused on others. And the last thing is focusing on ourselves, which is the very last thing. And something typically that's last means that there really isn't a priority for that. Usually whatever comes first is like top priority. So you got top priority, big priority, not a whole lot of priority. Though, that doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of ourselves, we shouldn't take care of our bills. We ought to do these things. These things are important. But the point I'm making is that Christ is what comes first, the needs of others, and then ourselves. Amen? Christ, first and foremost, should be the center of everything we do. And others should go right up there with that. For it is not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Amen. We, have, we, we, we should soul win. We need to win souls to Christ. We need to do that which is pleasing in His sight. Amen. Now, I forgot where I was. I think I was a nine. Um, okay, so Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 19. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if the children, if, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, James chapter 3, verse 17, and then we'll go on to verse 10 here afterwards. But James three seventeen it says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Amen. Now, let's go to verse 10. And verse 10 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. In Isaiah 66, verse 5, Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy. 
and they shall be ashamed. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, it says, But Jesus said, Suffer, the, suffer little children, and forbid them not to come, to come unto me, for, such, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Now, my computer, I think, just locked up on me. So, just bear with me just a little bit here. But while we're waiting for my computer to kind of get back to normal again, you know, in this world, we're going to have all sorts of troubles. Amen. Jesus said that ye will, ye will have tribulation. So, that's a promise. He says, in this world, we will have tribulation. And there's nothing to stop that. Jesus said, the world hates you. Remember to hate me first. Amen. And so, the world's going to hate you because you follow Christ. And it's going to come to a point that you're going to have friends and even family that will betray you. Even so much they may even rat you out just to have you thrown in jail because of your faith. I think that time's coming. That time's coming. But can I tell you something? And for some reason my computer is acting up. So I'm going to have to completely rely on the Holy Ghost on this. Because I had quite a bit of notes and it, my computer just shut off on me like that. Go figure, right? Out of, and out of anything in the middle of a broadcast, my notes just quit. So I have to rely on the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> um, but anyway, so I was saying is that people are going to persecute you for your faith. We see that now. I mean, I've had people harass me because I've had people harass me because I'm a Christian. I've had people say all kinds of stupid stuff at me because I'm a Christian. But you know, Jesus says that blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. You see, when you are persecuted for righteous for the sake of Christ and the sake of the gospel, and for the sake of the word of God. If you're being persecuted. And by the way persecution does not have to be. Like being whipped or tortured or thrown in prison. It doesn't have to be any of that. Persecution can be as simple and little as people harassing, harassing you because of who you are. That's verbal persecution. And we're living in a day right now where it's a godless, well, okay, I don't want to say a godless society because that's not entirely accurate. But you get people that hate God. If they hate God, they're going to hate you. It's, that's the truth of the matter. They're going to hate you. Why? Because you follow Christ. Amen? I mean, you, you can't get around that. There's just, just, it's going to happen. Amen. You, we will be persecuted. 
But you know what? God, eventually, that they're going to be people who do that are going to be held accountable to God. They're going to have to give an account on the day of judgment for their actions against God's people. Even those who have had our 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 Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ that were killed because of their faith in Christ. Those who have killed them will stand before on the on that day in judgment. <clears throat> blessed, are ye, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And verse 11 sort of ties into that too, okay? But in verse 11 it says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. You know, people are going to hurl accusations at you. They're going to say lies about you. They're going to gossip about you. They're going to think of everything they can against you because you follow Christ. Listen, they did this. They, they did, I mean, listen, Christ went through the same thing. Jesus said that no servant is greater than his master. Amen. That if, if he went through that, then we too will have to go through it as well. No servant is greater than their master. If Christ was persecuted, we also will be persecuted as well. Amen. And, there, and, and as much as that is hard to hear, it's going to happen. But just remember, friends, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even through times of tribulation, Christ will always be with you. Amen. Christ will always walk with you, talk with you, comfort you. Amen. Christ will never leave he will never leave nor forsake in any of his kids. He promises to be with us even unto the end of the world. Amen. And that's something we can take great hopes in. You know, after, after this, Jesus says this, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You know, Jesus is, Jesus is saying that when you're persecuted for my name's sake, and when people are saying all these false things against you for my sake, Jesus says to rejoice. For you have a great reward in heaven. But he also gives you the comfort and the assurance. But he gives you the comfort that they, done, they did the same thing to the prophets before time. They did. Remember, we always have. We. We have. We have someone that knows what we go through. Amen. We know. And. Um, we ought not to take that for granted. Amen. Christ knows what we go through. Um, 
verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. We'll skip to verse 14 and we'll come back to this here in verse 13. It says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, there are probably, you know, we got to take, let's, let's just put something in perspective here. We as Christians are called to be salt and light, right? But you know, you start to see all these churches getting away from modesty they're getting away from the gospel biblical teaching they're getting away from all that and because you have churches that are getting away from that the church these churches are losing its savor why do you think you have unbelievers and lost people trampling over these churches underfoot. There's even fundamental churches that are like this. Matter of fact, there's probably churches in every denomination that are probably getting away from the Bible. This is why it's so hard to find a church nowadays that preaches the King James and sings the hymns. It's very hard. And it's really it's really painful too. It's painful because you can't even find a single you can you can't really hardly find a church anymore that will actually teach out of the King James. Now, are there churches that do stick with the King James, preach the truth, sing the hymns? Do are there churches like that? Of course there are. But there's not many left. There's not many churches like that anymore. Most of most of the churches have corrupted themselves. In the lost and dying world, is they look at Christianity, you know, and they say, "Well, they think that we're a joke." This is why I just want to beseech you, believers. How you live is important. How you carry yourself. Your testimony for Christ is important. If you don't believe me, I want you to take a moment and consider Lot for a second. Lot, When Lot told his sons-in-law that the city of Sodom was going to get destroyed, the Bible says that the sons-in-law looked at him as if he had mocked them. You see, yes, Lot 
was just, but Lot's testimony was not great. And so much, his own sons-in-law didn't take him seriously because of how Lot conducted himself. Don't be a Lot, you guys. Don't be like Lot. Don't be like Lot. Because if you live your life like Lot and you carry your testimony as Lot did, people are not going to take you seriously. How you live, how you conduct yourself, your testimony to Christ is important. Jesus calls for us to he says, ye are salt, the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. We're to be salt. We're to be light. But Jesus said, if the salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing but to be trampled on the foot of men. So I just want to exhort you, believer, brothers and sisters, please live a life of a good testimony. Please. A good testimony is what matters. Amen. A good testimony is what matters. Verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. You want to know something? Jesus didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. He didn't come to do that. If Jesus Christ came to destroy the law and the prophets, then that means that Christ is not our perfect sacrifice. Christ wouldn't have been a perfect sacrifice if he came to destroy the, the law and the prophets. He didn't come to do that. He came to fulfill the law. You know why? Because when Christ fulfilled the law, he fulfilled it with 100% perfection. And that is why he is qualified to not just being that perfect lamb to be sacrificed on the cross, but that is qualifies him to be our perfect high priest in which his blood can wash away your sin and atone for your sin regardless of what sin you've committed that sin can be washed away you know why because Christ was that perfect sacrifice he was that perfect sacrifice you know why because he kept the law perfectly he fulfilled the law perfectly amen he fulfilled it perfectly so Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets for verily I say unto you till heaven and earth pass away or heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. You know what that means? 
We may not be under the law anymore. We may be under grace. But the law is still applicable even in this day and age. That The law hasn't been done away with. You know, that's what really aches me. You get Christians that say, Oh, we're no longer under the law. The law's been, the law's been done away with. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, Not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And by the way, all hasn't been fulfilled yet. There's still prophecies in the Old Testament that need to be fulfilled. Amen? Ooh, man, I'm starting to preach now. I had a good day at work today, and now I just want to preach. <clears throat> I think I might do that. Let's do it. Let's preach. Um, verse 19, Whosoever... Therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men, so he shall be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Let's let's break that down for a second. Whoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men, he shall be called the least. But whosoever shall do and teach. So in other words, if you just teach and you don't do, think about that. What are you? If you do, if you teach and don't do, what are you? A hypocrite. But if you do and teach, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Amen? That's a big deal. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and do with them, I will liken unto him a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Can I ask you something? Do you do the things that you've heard? Do you hear God's word and actually put it into practice in your life? Because if you do, you are likened unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Amen. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and don't and doesn't do them, I liken unto him a foolish man who built his house upon sand. Amen. So which which are you which are you doing? Are you just being a hearer or are you being a hearer and a doer? Because we as Christians we ought to be a hearer and doer of the word of God and not a hearer only. Amen. Now <clears throat> For I say unto you, now here's, now here's where it gets into the hypocrisy, okay? In verse 20, 
For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Your righteousness needs to be exceeding above the Pharisees. You know why? Because the righteousness of the Pharisees are those who hear and then claim that they serve God and praise God. Hallelujah. Pharisees are puffed up with pride. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They only hear and they don't do. They claim they do, but they don't. As actually, as a matter of fact, what they do testifies the fact that they are disobedient to God. And by the way, there's only one righteousness you can ever exceed. The righteousness of the Pharisees. You know what that is? Christ righteousness. What does that mean? It means when you become born again, the only way that you are made or can be righteous is because of the righteousness of Christ. Why? Because the righteousness, the righteousness of Christ has been imputed onto you by faith. It wasn't anything that you deserved. It was because it is a gift of God. Amen? But the righteousness that is imputed unto you is not your own. It is Christ's righteousness being imputed onto you. Amen? Now, <clears throat> Um, verse 21 ye have, ye have heard that it was said by them of all time thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without, cause, without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to thy altar, and remember that thy, that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave thy gift there before the altar, and go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Um, twenty verse twenty four is where we're going to stop. We're not going to continue on, but I do want to say this in closing. Okay, if you're angry at somebody without cause, God sees that as murder. Because you're killing them spiritually. You know, when you even hate your own, even when you hate your brother, just hating somebody, God sees that as murder. What, 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 what does Satan come to do? 
Satan comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. You know, you know who Satan hates? He hates God's people. And he definitely don't like the word of God. Absolutely despises the word of God. And I don't want to give the devil any more credit than he deserves, but he is smart. The devil knows, he knows the word of God probably better than you and I. That's how he's, that's how he's able to twist it and to, it, that's how he's able to twist it and break the scriptures. You know why? Because he knows it. You can't twist and break something if you don't know something. Satan knows the word of God. And the stuff that he leaves out, he leaves out because he don't like it. You see, Satan, he hates everybody. He, you know what's really ironic? Satan wants to be worshipped as God. He don't, he don't love, he don't even love his own followers. Satan hates you regardless. If you're saved or unsaved, Satan just hates you. Now, Satan might come to a lost person and give them whatever they want. But all Satan is doing is satisfying your flesh all the way to hell. You know why? Because he don't want to go to hell alone. Satan is going to take as many people as he can down with him. You know, Satan's got a short time on this earth. And one of these days, he's going he's gonna to be destroyed. I mean, he's going to be cast, one of these days in the future, he's going to be cast alive with the false prophet and the Antichrist. He's going to be cast alive into the lake of fire, and he's going to eventually be done and over with. And boy, am I glad when that day comes. Satan is nothing but a little troublemaker, thieving, lying, conniving piece of trash out there. Yes, Satan is trash. I don't like him. I don't like his ways. I don't like his weapons. I don't like his minions. I don't like his devils. They're all trash. Those devils are a bunch of trash is what they are. One of these days, God's going to take all of them and cast them into the, in, into the lake of fire where they belong. I'm telling you, the devil is just... The devil is just... He's wicked, man. Satan is wicked. It's not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Jesus said that hell was not created. Hell was only created for the devil and his angels. Man was it was never intended for man to go there. Hell was only a place for the devil and his angels. And the good news is you don't have to go to hell. All you have to do is cry out to God. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. It's very simple. Repent of your sins. Cry out to Him. Ask the Lord to save you and He'll save you. Amen. It's very, salvation is very simple. We complicate it, but we shouldn't. Salvation is very simple, amen? So I just want to, I want to encourage you guys. 
no matter what you may be going through, Jesus is always with you. Amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I have to apologize. I actually had a lot of scripture that I a lot of scriptures that I wanted to share and my computer just went kaput. It just died on me. And I think I might know why because I don't have my my laptop plugged in, so it just went kaput. Yeah. So, anyways, so you know, it's just it is what it is. You know, it's stuff like that happens. I just gotta, I gotta be a little bit more prepared. That's that's probably on me. That's probably my fault. But you know what? This worked out better, anyways. I had a lot. Of, you know, I always have a lot to say, and. At the end there, I just, I don't know, I just feel like I just have a whole load of stuff to say, man. So, that's probably a good thing I didn't use. I had a lot of scripture, too, but you know what? It's it's good to talk about stuff, too, man. Even better to use scripture, but... Oh, well. I'll have to be better prepared, so I do apologize for that. Um. Anyway, so I stopped at verse 24. Uh, that's, that's all I got. Um... You know, I just, I just want to let you guys know I love you. I really do. I love you. I care for you guys. I just, um, I, I, you know, it is, it's just, I love you guys. I do. As Pastor Mike would say is, you all are the reason why I do what I do. Amen. So, I hope this was a blessing to you guys. I hope you guys got something out of this. Um, all I want to be is a blessing. That's that's all I want to be. Amen. So, anyways, that's all I got for tonight. Um, listen, guys, I love you. God bless you. Um, next week we'll finish up. Uh, we'll start back up in verse twenty-four, and we will finish off Matthew chapter five, and. Um, Matthew chapter 5 next week Lord willing and I don't know what I'm going to preach on Sunday evening yet so y'all pray for me okay um, other than that that's going to be it so I love you guys God bless you you guys have a blessed evening a blessed rest of your week and uh, Lord willing we will see you all on Sunday evening alright God bless you guys love you see ya bye